to reiterate the fact that there's nothing sacred per se or or inherently special about united prayer or this prayer hour. It's it's special, of course, because we're meeting with the Lord to pray. But uh, there's nothing inherent in in this thing that we called united prayer. But for me, and this is what the Lord impressed upon me, uh, for me, it it is an expression. It's simply an expression of my own personal consecration to the Lord. It's an expression of that. And you have your way of expressing that. And as I was thinking about that, and the fact that even though in and of itself, the Zoom call itself, 12 noon Eastern time, there's nothing inherently special about that, as if God can't meet us any other time. But for me, it has become an expression of my consecration to the Lord. And so that's why we always invite people to to do as they're led of the Lord. We don't want to make this a bondage thing or a guilt thing where you feel like if you don't do this, then somehow you're out of fellowship with the Lord. But uh, this is, for me, an expression of, uh, of consecration. And as I was thinking along those lines, I was thinking about Samson, actually, because <clears throat> what gave Samson his great strength? We all know that it was not in the hair follicles of Samson that somehow in those hair follicles his great strength was to be found. We all know that. And yet, when his hair was cut, his strength disappeared. Or you can think the same thing about Daniel. Um, you know, when he was brought into captivity and, and right there at the very first chapter of Daniel, when he was challenged, his faith was challenged, and everyone else was eating the king's meat and so on, and he requested to to not defile himself with the king's meat, but all he ate was what the Bible, what the King James Bible calls pulse, and and then at the end of this, this trial period of him and his friends just eating this pulse, he appeared fairer and fatter of flesh than all of his companions. And so over the last number of decades, we have people now trying to figure out what, what grains made up Daniel's diet because they want to enjoy the same effects of that. And... It's not in the grain of what Daniel ate. That represented his consecration to the Lord. It was an act of obedience. It was his consecration to the Lord. It wasn't in the actual grains. Now, of course, there could be some, some good in the grains, but just like with the, the hair of Samson, this was an expression. It was a, it was a visible expression of his consecration to the Lord. Ultimately, what made Daniel, or who made Daniel fairer and fatter in flesh was the Lord. The Lord sustained him. Same thing with Samson. 
what gave Samson his great strength wasn't the hair. It was the Lord, the Lord. And the same is true for us. We can look at, at certain things and start to pick apart and, and put our focus on the thing itself, whether it's our act of obedience or the prayer meeting, this prayer call, or our church attendance or our Bible reading or all these things, and we put all of our focus on the thing itself, like as if you would put the focus on Daniel's diet. But it's the thing behind the thing that gives us our strength. It's not the thing itself. And I just want to, to make that abundantly clear. So let's just turn in our Bibles and think about Samson a little bit more this morning, or this evening, this afternoon, in Judges chapter 16. Obviously we could go all over the place talking about Samson, but I'm just going to focus on these few verses here in Judges chapter 16. And we'll just focus on verse 28. To the 30, verse 28 to 30. This is Samson now. And Samson called unto the Lord. This is at the end of his life. And said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once, O God that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, and the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein, so the death which he slew at his death, so the dead which he slew at his death, were more than they which he slew in his life. With all that I just said about, for me, this prayer meeting, this prayer call, representing or being an expression, at least one of many expressions, but an expression of my consecration and thinking about Samson and his hair, and how it's not in the actual follicles of the hair that gave him his strength, but the hair represented his consecration to the Lord. It was part of the Nazarite vow to the Lord. Let's think about Samson and the secret of Samson's strength and find fresh application for us, especially as we look towards 2024. Can we do this? There's three things that maybe we can learn from the life of Samson. <clears throat> and I would say, number one, extraordinary power can be enjoyed by God's people. Extraordinary power can be enjoyed by God's people, or if I could say, by ordinary people. <clears throat> extraordinary power can be enjoyed by God's people. I'm going to say, secondly, that extraordinary power can be lost without our knowledge. And I'll say for the third, extraordinary power can be recovered in the 11th hour. These are things that we can learn from Samson, and I believe that this is 
not in any kind of violation, to apply these to our own lives. Extraordinary power, number one, can be enjoyed by God's people. It can. Samson was an ordinary, he was an ordinary looking person. I think it's safe to say that. He was an ordinary person. Because they had a hard time understanding the secret of his strength. Now, if he looked like some hulking individual that just was bursting with muscles everywhere, well, then it would be easy. You see Samson coming, okay, he's, he's a strong man. But they couldn't figure out how is it that this normal-looking person could have such strength, some, such extraordinary strength. They couldn't figure it out. In fact, that's the whole thing with Delilah and trying to discover the secret of his strength. And they, they tried different things and, and they couldn't figure it out until, of course, he revealed it. <clears throat> and I would say that ex- this extraordinary power that we see in Samson, that we see in, in all these characters throughout the Old Testament, they're given there for our encouragement. It can be enjoyed, friends, it can be enjoyed by ordinary people like you and me. This power that we have with God, this power that we have with men, can be enjoyed by ordinary people, by God's people. And the source of that, if I can just say it again, is our consecration to the Lord. Because the actual power that we have is not our power at all. The power that we have, as it says there in Psalm 71, it says, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. It is God's strength that gives us this extraordinary power that we want to enjoy. So you have a family that you're trying to raise. I have a family that I'm trying to raise. There's a church, perhaps, that you are pastoring. There's a ministry that you are involved with or overseeing. There are prayer meetings that we are all involved with. There is a need for extraordinary power. There, There is a tremendous need for Christians to be raised up, a generation of Christians, here, there, and everywhere, to be raised up, not any one person, but a whole bunch of people to be raised up that have extraordinary strength something where people can't explain how is it that this person is doing this that needs to happen a generation needs to be raised up you need to be that person and i need to be that person i want to be that person i mean which one of us actually wants to go through their entire life to reach the end and not have enjoyed extraordinary power with God this extraordinary strength Daniel says that the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits don't you want to be somebody who is known for at the end of your life as as one that was strong and did exploits well it's the people that do know their God it's our knowledge of the Lord 
I would say this intimate knowledge of the Lord. I would say this consecrated life, a life where we are giving ourselves more and more to knowing God, not knowing about God, not just filling our heads with facts and memorizing all these things that, okay, we can recite all this. No, but knowing God personally. This extraordinary power can be enjoyed by God's people and make no mistake about it. The source of that power comes from God. That's why we're praying. When we enter into this new year in our churches and and you, you see weakness perhaps everywhere in our prayer meetings or in the preaching meetings, I mean, you need to enjoy strength. We all do. And it can be enjoyed. The second thing is extraordinary power can be lost without our knowledge. This is the tragedy of it. I'm not going to turn there, but... Samson, when the hair was cut off, he said he will shake himself like at other times. And he knew not, the King James word is, he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. He didn't realize it. Isn't that an amazing thing? He, had, he, he didn't realize that he lost his strength. He said he was just going to do what he's always done and achieve the same results. And I would say that this extraordinary power can be lost without our knowledge. Now, <clears throat> that can be applied personally. We can, we can have enjoyed power with God in the past, perhaps. And perhaps over time, perhaps we're right now in a time where we don't even realize that we've lost something of God's power and presence. We have lost something. And we could be oblivious to that. Why? Because we're doing the same things as we've always done. And we think somehow in our fallen brains that we are attributing the power of something to the thing. Because we, this is especially susceptible uh, to conservative Christians, I would say. That we're living a clean life, we're doing all this, we're doing, and we put all of our, the source of our strength in our performance. And we forget the source of our strength is the Lord. Now, I would say that these things are important in the sense that, look, we can't fly in the face of God's revealed law and his revealed will. We can't fly in the face of that. But somehow we're putting all of our, our trust in our, in our law keeping, in our being a good boy or a good girl. The source of our strength is God. Now, this can also happen to entire churches, did you know? Or to the church age, if I can put it that way. <clears throat> Would it not be a true thing to say that in previous eras, in previous generations, they have known and understood something extraordinary of God's power? You look at the Protestant Reformation, what is that but a display of God's extraordinary power in the face of all these world empires, in the face of the Holy Roman Empire and the, and the Roman Catholic Church itself? You had one individual or a group of individuals that were able to basically dismantle the strongholds that you see. That's extraordinary power. 
or you see the, the Great Awakenings, or you see the preaching ministry of a George Whitfield that preached to tens of thousands of people in one sitting without electronic amplification. How is this possible? Or in the days of C.H. Spurgeon, extraordinary power. These men enjoyed extraordinary power. Is it not true to say that today we're living in a time when we don't have that extraordinary power, but we don't even know it? Generally speaking. And why is it that we don't know it? Because we're doing the same things that we've always done. We've become so refined in our in our theology, in our preaching, in our academics, in, in our orthodoxy, orthopraxy, we become so refined, and it's like we're shifting all of our trust into, look at, we're, we're preaching the same things, but we haven't strayed from that. We're, we're doing the same things, we haven't strayed from that. Again, this is especially um, problematic for very conservative churches, like a church that I'm part of. It's especially... Uh, um, a trap, because we're, we, we then can rely on the things that, well, we haven't changed. And so we should be able to go out like as at as that, as that other times and, and shake myself and know that God is going to do this. We're going to have the same results. No, we're not. We can be in a, in a place where we, we lose extraordinary power and not even know it. Now, this is a great danger, and I would... I would hope that part of the reason why we have this prayer meeting is because we at least in part understand that we have lost something now the third thing we'll say because our time is just always running away extraordinary power can be recovered in the 11th hour friends listen if the story of samson doesn't encourage you in any other way it should be in this passage that we began to read here verse 22 i didn't read this but he was remember he was grinding away without his eyes in the prison house of the philistines how be it in verse 22 how be it the hair of his head began to grow again what is this something that his hair represented began to grow again his consecration to the Lord, his dependence on the Lord, his prayer life. He begins to pray again. And this was the 11th hour. In fact, you, many of you are, are older, okay? I get that. And you have lost, like Samson, a lot of your physical faculties. You can't do what you used to do. Samson will never do again what he used to do. He's never going to carry the the gates of the city away again. He's never going to go out and set that whole field on fire again. He, he's lost his eyes. He doesn't have the ability to do that physically anymore. And many of you, many of us, perhaps think the same way. What can I do for the Lord? I can't even get out of my house anymore, hardly. You could say the same thing about Samson. He was in prison and he was basically just waiting to die. He was grinding away and grinding away without his physical faculties and he couldn't do it. But he prayed again. His hair began to grow and he started to pray. And that's what we, in verse 28, we, we read that. 
And he called on the Lord. And he slew more in his death than he ever did in his life. Extraordinary power can be recovered in the 11th hour of our lives, friends. It's never too late. If you're still breathing, it's not too late. You can enjoy extraordinary power. Now, how does it work? Practically speaking, you are homebound, bedbound, physically. We think of a Linda B. We think of others that just don't have the physical anything. You can pray. You can pray like Solomon. You can pray. You can pray down heaven. As it was said of Ian e. Bounds, there's a man in Washington, Georgia, who's prayed a hole in heaven. It can be said of you that you've prayed a hole in heaven. You've gotten hold of God. You can do more in this stage of your life than you ever did when you have had all your physical strength. This is the secret of Samson's strength. We're going to stop it there because we... But this is the secret of Samson's strength, friends. And this should be an encouragement to us. We're here to pray. It's available. It's right there for us, for the taking. The Lord intends more to give than we are to even ask. And don't worry about the stage of your life that you're in. Don't worry about the fact that you can't physically do things. You pray and you ask, Lord, in this stage of my life, let me see more done for the kingdom than ever I enjoyed throughout my, my entire life. Amen? Let's seek the Lord.